having said that, now having said that, having said that, having said that. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Having Said That with Landry Griffith. I am your host, as always, Landry Griffith. Today we have an amazing guest in the the pink studio here, a uh, good friend of mine, Mr. Uh, Andy Mazzolini. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thanks, man. Uh, really appreciate you. I know you have a, like an insane schedule, so no. the fact that you did this for me means a lot, especially this early on. <laughs> no, man, I, I appreciate it. It's cool, man. I love uh, I love the idea of podcasts and stuff like that, so it's cool to see where where all this stuff goes for sure. Well, I didn't even know it till we were just talking right before I hit record that you've dabbled with a little bit of podcasting too. So at least you kind of know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. Mine, uh, like I was telling you a little bit ago, we uh, we recorded about four hours worth, four different episodes, and we realized one of the mics wasn't uh, connected properly. Doing those back to back, so that's like Joe Rogan right there, man. He he does them all day, so you're in that Rogan category. It was just because uh, my schedule. So I felt like instead of taking this and uh, really just trying to go all out at the very beginning um, yeah. and doing like one episode a day that's it tough. would it would it would be conflicting with like my schedule and then other people have to cancel or yep. stuff comes up yep. and then like for that two hours of the time block like to get things set up and all that stuff it just it wasn't it wasn't feasible and so because I run you know a, a real estate company and right. so and this I love this uh, because people I mean you will you would be shocked with the amount of people who live in Lubbock and what they do. See, I agree with that too. And the podcasting idea is fun to me because this is like as raw as conversations get. Like yeah. at least the, the, the route I'm trying to go, it's just people talking friends to begin with and who knows who I'll get on later on down the road, but it's just talking. There's yeah. no, you don't have a script, nothing structured, which I think is the best way to get information out of people. Yeah. They're just buddies. Yeah. You know, the, the cool thing, um, Probably like with real estate, man, the, the coolest thing that I found out was the amount of people that move here right. in Lubbock, Texas, that are from all over the place. They do crazy things. Like probably one of one of the craziest um one of the craziest transactions I had was actually helping a girl move from Austin, Texas here to Lubbock. Uh, I got a referral from a, a a buddy of mine who lived in Austin, right? And uh, this girl uh, called me up. She she wasn't even eighteen yet. Actually, she was purchasing a house like five days after she was eighteen. Yeah, and uh, and so, anyways, she she went. I went through the process. And I was like, hey, you know what? Like, I treat everyone like they're they're gonna be pre approved. All right. that stuff. Right. And uh, she told me she was paying cash. And I was like, man, how does a 17-year-old girl <laughs> going to pay cash, cash for, you know, this house or whatever? You may not and, want to know the answer to that. And so, well, I'm going to tell you the answer because it's a pretty cool story. So long story short, though, what happened was she was moving here because all of her girlfriends uh, were moving here from Austin. They were going oh, to tech. Right. And she was going to purchase a house, move here, and have her girlfriends rent out, like, some of the rooms and stuff. Well, uh, she made... A crap ton of money when she was 16 she developed an app and it's an and she's she designed this app and it's i don't know if it's out yet because i don't i don't do the fashion stuff but she showed me it what it does is um 
it takes your body. So you take a picture of yourself. A girl would take it like in in their bra and underwear or whatever, and then uh, their bathing suit as well. And then what happens is you go to that clothing store and you you can wear a dress and you can see what your body looks like in that dress um, or the jeans or the top shirt or the bathing suits. And so she created this app. That's and, a genius idea. Yeah, she created this app in, in uh, uh, junior high and her teacher actually, the the coolest part of the story was like, hey, this is a million, right. multi-million dollar idea. Absolutely. I think we need a patent this. And the teacher didn't take a single dime. That's my me, next question. Uh, That's she, a true, so true she, educator. So she she went ahead and developed this app, and she knocked it out. And her parents started like basically taking that money since she wasn't eighteen, and just blowing it. And she found out when she was seventeen with a through a mutual friend, and she hired an attorney, and and she got tons of the money. Um, out of out of the account so they could stop draining it because i mean she was pulling in she she i'm not gonna give her name but she was making around she sold that for about 25 million she's in high school and and, (laughs) no she yeah she was in junior high at the time well she was 16 at the time um and and she took that money and she she hired an attorney uh i her relationship with her parents, I don't know how it is yeah. now, but yeah, it was horrible. really sour. I talked to her probably six months ago, but not not, not yeah. about that stuff. But um, And she bought, you know, a cash house here, and she develops apps, and she loves she loves life. She's and, 18, and she's a real estate mobile. Yeah, yeah, so um, it, it's it's a crazy deal, but, you know, I get those stories like That's that. That's pretty neat, too. It, well, especially with you within yourself is you're a very personable guy so like i feel like you like to get to know the person not just how much money are we about to, to yeah make. yeah um and when, when, it's funny that, that that's kind of where that just said because you're clearly a i don't know what what the category is but i would consider your line of work a salesman right um having said that i've never pictured you and i've known you for a while and when we're talking whether it's business or pleasure I've never taken you as a salesman. And what I mean by that is, is you don't come off as that shady guy that's just, just trying to throw something at me, right? Um, oh yeah, man, how are you? Well, I'm good. Have you seen this new house on the market? Right. You know, there's so many people like that. It's kind of like, and I feel sorry for like legit used car salesmen because there's plenty of them. Yeah. Um, but that's like the 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 general consensus of someone who sells and a lot of people don't want anything to do with salesmen, even as friends, because they get, feel like they're just going to get pushed shit on them all the time. For sure. I don't take you as that guy. You've never come off to me as that guy and you've helped me on the business side, sell house. And so, uh, sorry that my computer just started messing up. Um, anyways, so kind of what I want to talk about. First of all is who the hell are you? We got Andy Mazzolini, right? That's about like where where are yeah. you from? A brief history. I don't think you're from Lubbock, which I find odd. Nope. So I'm uh, I was born in New Hampshire, actually, uh, all the way on the northeast coast. See, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know that. I knew <laughs> where you came from from Lubbock. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense yeah. to why we're so. Such a I'm a military Boston brat. Okay. Yep. So okay. I'm a, I'm a military brat. Uh, my grandpa he actually pitched for the Red Sox in the '40s, and and so. Uh, I mean, my my roots to the New England sports culture is like that makes a lot more sense. I I couldn't get out of it actually because I mean there was a time for one of my birthday parties, one of my, the parents when I was like four or five, uh, my dad told me that they bought me 
like a, a Dallas Cowboy helmet. Yeah. And I never saw the helmet. My dad never like gave it to me. <laughs> Dude, um, I love your dad for that. That's and so and so like, you know, like the 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 culture and the family it's was there. real. I love and, that. Uh, That's so amazing. But yeah, so I, I my dad was military. We moved to Clovis, New Mexico. I grew up there. Oh, okay. So um, he's in the Air Force? Yep, Air gotcha. Force. And uh and and we were very fortunate. He got orders to either move to Alaska um, or go ahead and stay in Clovis and retire there. So he he finished in in Clovis, and so that's keep you there. And you have yep. siblings, I'm assuming. Yeah, I had a I have an older brother. He keep y'all there, here. stay with friends, graduate, and not yep. have to move again. That's yeah. pretty cool that your dad would do that. Because yeah. if he was a career military man, which I I've met plenty in in doing what I do as patients, and that's something they take very serious. I don't think it's something you give up easily. Oh no, no. He and he was an officer. He he uh, he retired as an officer and stuff. But That's awesome. we got super lucky to, because Cannon needed the the position that he was at, and so they said, "Hey, you finish it here, and uh, you're good to go, or you can move to Alaska." So it, that's it, cool. Yeah, it was good. So. But man, that's where I was from. Um, I thought that I would run my dad's business. Uh, he actually, when he retired from the military, he started his own HVAC business. Okay. And so I just like, I kind of just like messed around in school. Yeah. Like I didn't take it serious. Dude, I was a I'm C. Saying. I was a. Same. I was a C grade student. Absolutely. You got to do, get by. Do your homework ten yeah. minutes before class starts. Yeah. I would. I would ask what I needed to get on the test in order to pass the class. <laughs> and 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 uh, and then I just thought I was going to go into HVAC. Well, mm-hmm. then working with my dad in high school, I just realized I couldn't. I couldn't work with him. He's a hundred percent Italian. And I mean, any, but it just was not. It was right. not good. Right. Um, you don't want to ruin that relationship. No. That have over no. Money. And uh, so then I realized, all right, well, I need to go to school. And then I just, I was terrible at school. Um, I finished college, but I mean, I jumped around to where my counselor was like, hey, what degree do you want? Because you, you have enough credits for like four degrees. And you've got nothing. And yeah, and I was like, well, um, you know, let's go with wind energy. So I got into wind energy, actually. Okay. Um, and I graduated with a wind energy degree. Thought that that was going to be massive. It was uh, once... Uh, it was actually the first year of like when Obama got into the office where I thought everything was going to go renewable. Yeah. And so I was like, man, this is where we're going to go. Renewable energy is going to be great. Wind farms. And then two months in my uh, uh, intern, I was I was uh, offered a job to be a project manager at a wind farm. And then they said, hey, the government cut our grant, so we can't hire you after college. And that was the time uh, in Helica, uh, my wife, mm-hmm. we, she was going to school and she actually graduated uh, nursing. And she was like, well, I found a job in Lubbock. So you're not in Lubbock at this time. No. Are you still back in Clovis? Yeah, still back in Clovis going to school Okay, in New Mexico. Okay. And uh, and so in Helica, she got a job out here and I was like, well, I guess we're, gonna we're move, going to Lubbock. move here. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is, is you at least had one tie to Lubbock yeah. for our mutual friend David, because yep. from my understanding, y'all grew up together until David moved here in junior high. Yeah. So at least you weren't coming into it blind, and yeah. he was kind of your end to make some buds pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had I had uh, my brother who lived here. I okay. had a couple other friends as well, but yeah, David was, uh, me and David, we were like besties growing up. I mean, we played right. sports together. I think I've seen pictures it, of two yeah. of your baseball team was yeah. basketball his, or something. His mom would always call... Uh, my mom be like, "Hey, do you know when David's gonna come home? You know, stuff like right. that." Like he just, we would always. That's cool. Uh, so when we moved here, it was it was he, it was just it was just like it back in the day. So yeah, yeah you don't cool. miss a beat with true friends like no, that. No, no, 
no, not at all. And so it, it was a good time. But yeah, that's how that's how I ended up here in Lubbock. Well, you're in Lubbock, and you know that you're not going to be doing um, some wind energy stuff. You kind of shifted. Man, what what where? How are we? Where are we at now? I mean, it's a very good question because so. I, so I've dabbled into almost everything. Like my when people say they have ADHD, like I have ADHD to sure. where if I, I want to be able to learn something and then I want to get so good at it. And my personality is it's weird because I mean it's a trait. Once once I get good at something, I get bored of it. And I don't want to do it anymore. You want to go get good at something else? Yeah, like right. it, I, I have I respect to be, that. I have to be challenged. Yeah, and and so really what happened is I invested in bitcoin a long time ago okay and and it what and it wasn't even on purpose it was the only way to be able to do transactions through poker stars because i was playing poker stars online because it's illegal because it because they weren't accepting u.s players right and so like i would make a vpn where i was like in canada yeah, absolutely. and then i would put money through paypal then i'd buy bitcoin and then i would transfer it through poker stars so i had quite a bit of bitcoin but we heard about bitcoin and so yeah so, i've watched documentaries on that that's probably about the same time like i don't know exactly what year that was that it was like really kind of getting a little bit of hype going but it's a good time to buy in at this yeah point. yeah this time it's like 2012 and so i i stumbled into bitcoin i would say but i held on to it just because i was i was curious about it um and so i was telling my buddies and actually weston was like hey man you should probably uh and it, i don't think it was because of the bitcoin stuff but um, I was, I've always been in the stocks and like, sure. I do a little day trading here and there and like not professionally, it sure. was, it's more of a hobby, but I was pretty good at it. And so I got with Edward Jones for a little bit. Um, and it just, it, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good fit. Um, because if I don't believe in something that I'm going to be good at, I'm not going to be good at it. Right. And I was just like, how am I going to tell a 65 year old at the age of 22, how to invest in retirement. Like, Man, that's so cool that you bring that up because Weston's actually coming on here pretty soon. And, yeah. and we're going to dig into the investment side and how he's able to do that. Yeah. So that's cool that you made that. Cause I wonder that's exact yeah. same things a lot. Yeah. And so now like in our thirties, like I totally get it, understand it, but I was yeah. just like, man, you know, and, uh, but what I was doing is I was, uh, I found a book. All right, so you find a book in real estate. Yeah, I found I found a book in real estate in Barnes and Noble. I asked the lady what the number one book was in Barnes and Noble, and she just gives me a book. Um, didn't even open it up, and uh, I go home and I'm starting to read it, and I thought it was for investments, but it was for real for but it was for real estate sales. Okay, so it was an accident. Yeah, completely accident. But it was talking about door knocking. It was talking about leads. It was talking about conversions rates. Um, and I was like, man. Like, this sounds like a business book. Right. Like, not a real estate agent book. Because, like you, um, it's funny. When I got real estate, my dad said, man, I have a son who's a doctor, and now my other son is a real estate agent. And I was like, yeah, okay. And he was like, "There's there's two things that I hated in this world. Used car salesmen and real estate agents. And now, <laughs> my, and now my son is a real estate agent. I was like, damn. You know, I was like, yeah. well, all right, here we go, you know. And, uh, but I was reading this book and it's all about business. And I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, I've always done like some crazy things where like sure. I would wholesale things. And uh, the, the coolest thing on the wholesaling was when I was uh, in elementary school, 
we, uh, my teacher, my sixth grade teacher, he was going to get rid of these snakes. And I was like, man, the snakes are so cool. Like we love, we love, I love feeding them like right. the rats. And Absolutely. Stuff. Like, Hell yeah. It, who it doesn't was, want to see it, it especially was, as a it, junior high kid. Yeah. Boy, I mean. Yeah. And so he was like, they're, they're too expensive, you know? And so I was like, Hmm. So I came up with the solution. I said, Hey, what if I hype this up and I say, Hey, $10 entry fee, come watch the snakes just ravage these rats. And he You're was like, hustling and, and from so a young he age. Like, he was like, I've, you do whatever, you know? Yeah, whatever. So Friday, I had about 60 students <laughs> lined up in that this door. This is in what grade? Sixth grade. And uh, my teacher, <laughs> Kip DeFore, he just started laughing. He's like, I can't believe this. And so I made all kinds of money for him. And then I was like, hey, I get 75% of this. Agreed. You get this. You sure. know? And he was like, hey, you know what? I love it. And so we were able to feed the snakes. And it caused so much chaos that the newspaper came in. And then all of a sudden, parents were disagreeing with it. It became controversial. Yeah, and, it sounds uh, like but, it probably would. But it was cool. It was in the 90s, so we are like, we're going to keep on doing it. And, well, why uh, you if you're not? Offended, That's am- yeah. he, he even said, like, if you're offended, don't come. You I know? love that guy. And so, so it, was, it was pretty cool. Like, uh, But I've always had that that like knack. Um, That's just like things. an entre- entrepreneur at a young age. A lot of the, the podcasts that I listen to are about entrepreneurs and you hear stories just like what you're yeah. saying. It's like just a natural ability. It's not like you ask, hey, dad, like this guy's got snakes. What should we do? It's like, hey, I got this perfect idea and I'm going to do it. Yeah. my It's funny. Uh, just yesterday I was talking to a, a friend and I just helped him uh, purchase a home here in Lubbock and he asked me, he's like, you remember when you sold me that laser pointer? And I was like, what? And uh, the fair, the... Uh, one of the funniest stories is when the Clovis Fair came, they were they started selling these laser pointers when yeah. they first came out. Oh yeah, they were crazy, um, and they were like ten dollars a pop. Um, and all the kids wanted it, but you had to be like eighteen to purchase them or something like that. Uh-huh. And so I had my dad. I said, Dad, will you buy me a hundred dollars worth, and I'll get your money back? And he was like, Yeah, that's fine. I got a kick out of it. I told him what I was doing. So I went on the uh, during recess, backpack full of laser pens, and I was selling for twenty dollars. Slinging them on, on the playground, and uh, sold all of them. Got more money. He got a kick out of it. We went and just bought out all the laser pens, and I was just selling laser pens across the school. And Dude, uh, that is classic. I and I forgot I sold Kindles, uh, some of those. So, anyways, like uh, that's just kind of you know where my knack is is just really like uh, finding a solution and that's really what the real estate world is honestly like it's that's a good point like there is a problem yeah I either need to sell where I'm at or I need to go get somewhere else exactly you help me find out to get there and it's 2020 man like that's what I even when I coach new agents and stuff I tell them like you cannot sell someone a home and they kind of look at me and they're like well this is this is a sales job right. and I'm like man it's 2020 it is not a sales position anymore because back then agents did control the market because we were the only ones who had MLS books before my age in the dinosaur age people were driving around with the MLS books buyers could not see these houses online buyers are, well there's no Zillow there's no realtor.com or any of that exactly stuff. you control everything exactly you being the agent yep and so now with the internet uh some buyers are actually more educated than some real estate agents. I believe that, and I, I would be willing to go as far as that some buyers are more educated than a lot of real estate yeah. agents. Yeah. So if you say that you're not trying to sell a home. Yeah, man. So my perfect example is like I feel like how I'm going to make my money to be able to make it worth like your guys' time is 
I'm going to keep your liabilities to a minimum. Right. Like, I'm not going to get you guys sued. Uh, everything's going to go through the Texas Real Estate Commissions. So when you do go to sell that property, everything's going to be a slam dunk on the right. title. Uh, all of that stuff. Um, and really, like, I just help you guys make a decision. So what I do is, like, I don't even, when I represent buyers, I don't even, like, pick the top five homes and say, hey, let's go look at these homes. Because I'm not going to know exactly what you and your wife truly want. That's so, a very good point. So what I do is I is I get your sales price, mm -hmm. and you guys say, like, and I work the math backwards because, I mean, I could go get qualified for a stupid amount of money, and I'm not going to be able to afford it. It's yep. just how the financing world works. So yep. what I do is I work the math backwards, and I say, hey, how much do you want to spend a month on your mortgage? And if it's 1500 bucks, and I say, okay. Our limit is this. I plug it in. I'm like, it's 275. So we're gonna stay 275 and below. See, that's where I think that a lot of people um, screw up when they're dealing with, first of all, the the pre-approval side of it when they're going to see the loan officers, and then if you have an agent that's not the mindset of you, is because like if, for instance, if I get approved for you know seven hundred thousand dollar house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start getting on Zillow and I'm going to look up $700,000 houses. Exactly. And then you do the math and like, I can't afford that per month. So where even they come up with these numbers, yeah. who knows? But the fact, like that's what it needs to be is what can you afford a month and then we'll go from there. Yeah. It's way better than what does the bank says they're going to give you. Yeah, exactly. So, so really we work the math backwards on that way and then we just narrow it down to location um, and size. And so, and then I send all the homes in that, in that price range to the buyers. And I say, Hey, you guys pick out your top five homes. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go look at those top five homes. And if there's a winner in it, great. That's when I really get to work and I start negotiating, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, and all that stuff. So well, you just sent me five houses and you took, spent an all day Saturday away from your wife and I hate all of them. Yeah. Has it, I mean, so are you deterred? No, 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 no. Um, it happens sometimes, but man. You'll be shocked that uh, th there's always really a home out there for those people. And sometimes it does take a couple appointments to go look at homes. But the thing is, is you can't, I tell the the new agents, you can't be salesy and pushy because you get sniffed out, man. Like if, if a buyer, if a, for me, when we have like a car salesman, I don't even have, I have one guy who I talk to and Same. it's because he's not pushy. Same. I'm like, hey, how much is this worth? And he gives me the price. And I paid, I paid that price because yep, I'm, I'm just like, way. Hey, I'm going to trust you on this. Like, you know, this is your best offer. Cool. And, and he gets probably five referrals from me. Yep. And, uh, and so that's just how the business world is. And like, I feel like in the real estate, uh, in the real estate world, it's like, I don't want to go and just sell one home to, to Landry. I want to be able to sell a home to Landry and then I want Landry to be like, Hey, Andy got me 7,000 off. He got this, yep. he got them to pay this. We moved in. Everything's great. Use this guy. See, that's funny because I have little notes right here on how I wanted to, some things I want to make sure that I missed on this. And the next thing I have, I want to talk about is I wrote what your philosophy is. And I was using that because you told me years ago, I was just picking your brain. Cause I think real estate's super interesting. I think once I, finish the schooling I'm in now, I'll, I would love to do real estate on the side or at least mm -hmm. follow you to see if I want to. Anyways, you told me your biggest philosophy is, is I don't want to sell you a home. Yeah. Or you said, I don't want to sell you a home. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And then that's exactly what you said. Well, my goal is I want to sell you a home and your brother and his best friend and then his boss and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I really want to be there to, through the whole process to guide and stuff like that because also 
there is a lot of steps, probably about 160 uh, transaction steps when it goes under contract that agents can mess up on. And that's why I have a team. That's why I have a full-time uh, director of operations, uh, transaction coordinator, where they focus on that. Because you don't want me doing all of your paperwork because there's going to be errors on that. You're going to miss something. Yes. Because you 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 may have four or five other clients. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we aver- I average about five to seven under contract a mm-hmm. month. And I mean, that it's too much for one agent to do with my personality. Well, um, and it may not be too much for one agent to do, but it's too much for one agent to do. He takes pride in themselves. Absolutely, yeah. And so our process systems is the exact same because we have a transaction coordinator and that's all she does at all day. She she does it. Um, she's great at it. You guys. Oh, she's met, phenomenal. Yeah, at it. you guys met Very her. easy to get hold of. Yeah, Cheyenne. She's been she's been awesome, mm-hmm. and she loves her job too. Like so, uh, man, we're just a bunch of passionate people about real estate. And the 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 coolest thing about real estate is that's probably not even like the best part of my like job is is the sales and all that stuff. I love doing like coaching and mentoring and stuff like that in this in this industry. And uh, the cool thing is, you know, it's it the caveat to that is it it compounds because now I get paid to go talk to these other places um, to go coach other agents and all this other stuff to where it's just I'm teaching them exactly what I'm doing. Right. And when and when I tell them like, hey, we're not we're not selling anything today. And they're like that when I say that to them, they're like, how do how do I make money? Yeah. What are we here for? And and then I and then I get them to understand that, you know, we're going to be a tour guide and we're going to be a consultant at the same time. And we're going to make someone a client for life. I like that, too, because you don't want to ever ever in any aspect of life. I can't stand when I feel like I'm being sold on a product. Oh, even if I'm buying a product, I don't want you to sell it to me. But same here. It's a. I love that philosophy of we're going to go and just guide these people in the right direction. Yeah. Stand back in the corner. They have a question. You better have the answer. Um, perfect example that I'll use is we uh, owned a um, real estate. All right. Excuse me, an investment home. Right. You know that we just sold it with you. When we were buying it, my so someone chose an agent without me knowing. And I was so upset because we they didn't give me the chance to call you. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other story, but. We were looked at three or four houses. We were using it for a rental property. And every time we walked into the house, the first thing I wanted to know was square footage. Second thing I wanted to know was price. And third thing I want to know is, was it rentable, right? Mm-hmm. You can buy, or, buy a rent house and not rent it. Um, and every house we went to, she would look at me and say, oh, I don't know. I'm like, why did you bring me to this house? You brought this mm-hmm. list and how do you not have your paper or your little notes, whatever it is, however you do it on your side. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was the most upsetting thing in the world. Yeah. And it was not a good experience on purchasing this house. Yeah. I and mean, it wound up happening, but I was excited about it, and I wouldn't ever recommend this person to anybody else. Yeah, man. You know, and there, there's those people in every single industry. Um, and so, and there is some, I mean, some of my best friends are in the real estate world, and they're great at their jobs. Like, you know, I, if, I, if I wasn't in real estate, I'd be like, hey, you know what? I'd use this guy or I'd right. use this girl and stuff like that. But, right. But man, there is, so to kind of put it in perspective, there's 1,200 agents here in town. Jesus and, Christ. And I mean, you know, the average, the average agent in Lubbock, Texas does six transactions a month. And, and so. There's, there's that many houses being sold and or purchased 
yeah in lubbock right now yeah the the market's nutty right now but but uh so if you're saying there's 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 1200 agents this is just where we live Mm -hmm. like that's not a west texas thing that's in the city of lubbock yeah yeah, man. So, you got to stay on top of it. Now, that doesn't mean that. I mean, I'm assuming with 1,200 agents, you mean that there's 1,200 active. That doesn't mean that some of these are taking their job as serious as you. Maybe a side gig or something, but 1,200. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you have some builders who have their license, you know, and they're not actively going out and and selling and 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 buying sure. uh, and stuff like that. But the average agent in in Lubbock does six transactions. So, and when I say average agent, those are typically full time full-time agents transaction meaning either you're on the buyer side or yeah, the seller yep, side units yeah. you told me something interesting and i have to bring this up because i asked you one day okay because if and when i sell the house i'm in there's mm-hmm. one person i'm going to right mm-hmm. and then so so you have listed my house your signs up front you've done all your marketing to get it and so you're going to help us find a house to me and i believe i brought this up to you it would make the most sense that you're going to show me one of the houses like if i told you i want you know a 432 2500 square foot on a half acre you're going to go to the house you just listed yesterday that's exactly like i wanted right because you're going to win on both ends yeah so but here's the thing too so in texas we do have a dual agency deal to where we can double side deals um i think it's crazy because texas is one of the few that can do that because in my mind how can you represent a seller so i'm gonna put this in a perspective so let's say um, david owens who we just talked about mm-hmm. is looking for a house exactly like yours but you guys don't know each other right? right right but i'm really good friends with both who's gonna get the short end of the stick you're have to, you're giving your word to me whenever we listed my house right, but I you have gave an agreement. your word to dave that uh so I have I'm gonna a, find you the best house. So so I'm I'm gonna get technical here, just for a split second. It's gonna be a listing agreement with you, right? Saying I'm right. gonna represent you best as I can. Absolutely. And then I'm gonna have a buyer's rep- represent agreement telling David I'm gonna represent him best I can. It kind of it's upsetting that that's a, that that's legal. So but yeah, and it's crazy on how stuff like that happens. But how I how I do those situations because I've had those um, I've had those times, even with an investor buyer investor. Mm-hmm. And I listed a client's house. Right. And, and what I do is, and this is exactly what I what I tell everyone, is when I bring a, a client to a house and I'm representing both of them, I just disclose it. I would say, hey, Landry, so this guy, David Owens, he's one of my good friends. He's looking exactly for what he's looking right. at. He asked me, you know, what deal he can get on this. And I told him, here's the list price. And what we're going to do is we're going to hash out like the details on like who's paying survey, who's mm-hmm. paying title. But I told him, let's make an offer on it, and we'll see what Landry says on it. And then what I do, and I and I don't tell him like, hey, I think we can get right, you know this right. guy down here. And I tell the buyer the same thing too. I say, hey, so I have this listing. They're a friend of mine. What I'll do is I'll present an offer, and we'll see if we can get there. And so we get there all the time. Like I've never had a, a buyer back out because then they're like, okay, well that makes sense. And then they're like, well, Hey, can, can they do this? And, exactly. and I go to the seller and I'm like, Hey, they want to do this. And then I come up with solutions. I'm like, well, Hey, they need, if you give them an extra 15 days to close on this house, they'll give you an extra earnest money or they'll give you, you know, an extra $1,500 on the sales price um, and stuff like that. So it's never, so that way 
my conscience is cleared right. and I'm not like, man, I just, you know, double-sided this. This is great. This that's, is awesome. That's what gets me because you're now doubling, not maybe, you know, but you're you're making on both sides. Yeah, yeah. There's make, no way yeah, you're not making, making the money. I'm making 3% on the buy side and right. 3%, 3% on the, sales on the side. seller side. So if, if, if I were to do that, I'm just like, I'm just not comfortable with that, man. But yeah. I still want to work with next level. Yeah. I still want to work with the Keller Williams group team that you've made. Yeah. You just, I'm assuming there's somebody on the back burner that doesn't work for you, but that works with you that you know, hey, wholeheartedly, you better oh, yeah. treat these clients like me. I'm going to send Landry to you. We're still going to do this on the end, but that way we all win. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. I've done that once and it was, it was a disaster. And then they're like, hey, never mind," Cause they knew the, so I actually had, uh, I represented a boss and one of the employees wanted the house, uh, and and the the boss and said, "Hey, you know what? Like, I just don't feel comfortable with with both of us like using you. How about we do this? You know?" And and I actually came up with a solution for that. I went and got a different agent who I didn't even know, um, and I said, "Hey, here's this buyer. Like, they want this offer." And it was a disaster. The deal didn't even like it didn't even go through, and it actually caused problems at right, work. You right. know, the boss was like, "I'm gonna fire this yeah, dude." But so, but uh, that's when I learned, like, hey, you know what? The best chance is going through me because I'm gonna keep emotions in check on both right. sides. Right, and if you're honest up front with yeah. both the buyer and yeah. the seller, then they got yeah. no reason to not. And trust I've never the had an issue. Yeah, I've never that's had an issue with that. So, are you? kind of switching gears first of all actually i want to say something else before i ask this next question i asked you the other day if you kind of knew some of your numbers um and you sent me some pretty impressive numbers that i didn't know were this good okay i gotcha so in 2019 um 7.5 million dollars in sales now I want to make sure people know that I'm not sitting next to a multimillionaire here who's like some rich prick. That's on the you know total sales, right? Right. Um, with 36 units, so mm -hmm. houses, whatever, right? Yep. Land, whatever. When you say 7.5 million sold, is that that's like it's still considered sale? Like if you're if representing me to buy a house and I just bought it through you, that's still considered sold, right? Yep. So whether those those may have been you were buying agent or listing agent, yep. right? Yeah. Those numbers are very impressive. Thanks. Okay. I say that not knowing a damn thing about what I'm talking about, but I can tell you right now that that's no chump thing, right? Yeah. It even says here that you won the top individual agent in Lubbock this same year that you've sold that much, right? Yeah. So th when you say individual, you also told me you have a team. Yeah, so... The so, next level group. So what happens is, is I created a business. So it, it's an actual LLC. Um, right, escort, for sure. And, and it's the next level group. Um, now, what, team, what, what teams do here um, is it makes mathematical and, and monetary sense to go hire other agents underneath me. Right. Um, and I don't have that. So what I, what I am is I'm an individual agent, so I do all the sales. Um, and okay. my, my team is all in ad, administration. So your your team does not include other agents. No, it's just me. But other teams, so some some big teams. Yeah, I can think of like five names right now, and I'm not going to even mention their names. And those, those except for those, case real estate. <laughs> those <laughs> agents, they get a uh, they. So every unit they do, they get that unit underneath them, and so it it doesn't it construes the water or the the numbers a little bit. Um, and it yeah. inflates it. Yeah. And but uh, but my numbers are like the true like hey this is what next level group I am the next level group like okay. sales department essentially. I'm with you now. So 
You also won the top listing agent that year. Mm-hmm. The listing agent is that talking about on the seller yep. side? Yeah, listings only. Okay. So seller side. So not only were you the top individual agent, but you also listed the most houses. This is in the same year. This is essentially a little over a year ago. Yeah. Um, and number eight in West Texas. Yes. Yeah. As listing or as Both. top? Yeah, just you knocked out both of them. Yeah, so so it, what they'll do is they'll just take a an, an individual agent and they look at production. Okay. And uh, and they say, hey, you know, he did X amount. This is top eight, top ten, or whatever in the West Texas region. That's pretty impressive. Like to me, right there, I think a lot of people be pretty content. Be like, I'm just gonna stay on this high for a while, right? Yeah. I'm assuming any Mazzolini didn't think that. No, no, I'm I work off of fear. That's that's how I am. So if I'm looking at these numbers right now, which I so. In 2019, I'm going to just refresh everybody. 7.5 million sold, 36 units. Okay. Mm-hmm. One year later, so 12 months later, when they redo all of this, uh, all these numbers are plugging in together. You literally exactly doubled your production mm-hmm. in 12 months with no other agents on. 15 million sold, 62 units. Yeah. Almost. You doubled the money, almost doubled the units, right? Yeah. Uh, so when that was in 2020, what what numbers did that make you? So, uh, yeah, so, so you tw- may not know those numbers yet. Um, numbers as in what? Sorry. So like, sorry, I made that confused. So whenever you talked about that you were the number one agent in 2019, yeah. y'all may not have that yet because we're we, just barely yep, out of Exactly. Camp. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know any of that stuff. I know that it's it's caught people's attention because now I get like random phone calls from, uh, like I was telling you, like a couple magazine companies, right. uh, podcasts and right. stuff. Well, here's the deal. I talked to you, I, I believe it was June, maybe July of 2020. We all know the 2020, right? Yeah. And I called you, and I think I was asking you a question on the house that we just sold. And you said, dude, I can't keep my head above water right now. It's insane. And I, it kind of caught me off guard because I would think that the real estate the real estate market was slow, which maybe in the general realm of things, real estate probably wasn't as good in 2020 as it was in 2019. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about general probably worldwide right but something you told me goes to explain how you are like you you run off of fear your adhd and you take your job super fucking serious because you told me all these other agents heard um uh like your stay at home orders in quarantine and they took like a two-month-long vacation yeah Yeah, you did say snow day You were smart enough to say, screw it. If these guys are going to take a nap, I'm staying up all night. I'm snagging up this one, this one, this one, this one, and this one. And due to that, you doubled your production. And the worst year, in at least in our lives, um, was obviously 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. You killed it. Uh, yeah, I freaked out, man. Um, I actually was uh, in bed watching Joe Rogan podcast, and he had the disease specialists on. And uh, was talking about, you know, this pandemic and how it's going to be similar to the Spanish flu. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. And I started Googling it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I started getting familiar with all this stuff. And um, and so that next day is when uh, rumors were that the United States was going to go on lockdown and all this other stuff. And and, um, so, of course, my admin team is just, like, flipping out because they're like, well, if you can't sell anything, how are we going to make gonna money? We're not going to get money because they're working off of your dime. Yeah. And, I mean, excuse uh, me, they're getting paid off of your dime. Yeah, and I literally, like, you know, was trying, trying to be a great leader where I was just like, hey, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be okay, you know. And then 
I was literally like having almost an anxiety attack, throwing up. Like, what am I gonna do? But that's much you makes know? a good leader, and, and, and so says a lot about who you are. Is that Cheyenne and um, the other girl? Andrea, that, yeah. Andrea probably had no idea. Oh yeah, because no Andy idea. comes to work with a smile on his face, like hell yeah, let's go kill yeah. it. You leave that other stuff behind closed doors because you've got people who are relying on you now. Yeah. It's, it's not you, and really even your wife too. I mean, I know oh, yeah. she. This yeah. is probably peak time for her have, job as being a nurse, but still. Yeah, I have. I essentially have three families that I have to provide for, and if I'm not performing, their families aren't going to be eating. You it's know, very and true. So, so like I have a lot of. I, and that's why I say like I work off of fear um, better than anything else is because like that stuff is a lot of weight on my shoulders. Not only provide for for myself and Helica and our family, um, but also you know I have I have two girls that were that are out of college, um, both paying you know massive high student student, student loans, loan debts and, and and you know took a chance on this job because I told I told Cheyenne. She, she was getting her master's degree in speech therapy. Um, I said, hey, you know, if you take a chance on this, this is essentially like uh, I'm a startup company in a garage right mm-hmm. now, but I just have a really nice garage right now because I was in a nice <laughs> yeah, yeah, office. And, uh, and you know, she, she I mean, after six months when, when she was like, okay, this is going to work, she was freaking out. She was like, why did I take this job? This job has no benefits, you know. But right. the cool thing, though, is like, man – I'm I'm ride or die. Uh, if you're in my circle, I'm like, hey, we're gonna get it done. Like, you tell me what do you want, like your goal, stuff like that. And we and we set a 12 month goal. And I said, hey, if we hit half of this, I'm gonna pay off half of your student debt. And, we hit uh, the goal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. And uh, and so you know, I was able to bonus her as much as she needed. Sure. Um, to be able to hit that hit that goal. And I thought, like, man, what other company can you go into? And have that boss say, "Hey, you invest in us. We're we're gonna start you at a certain amount. I know you're gonna be worth more than that, but this is right. this is what I can pay you. Yeah, this is where I'm at right now. And and I was able to get that up. Like, I mean, I I paid. I, she was at a certain amount of dollars, and after like 90 days, she was at a certain amount. And then in 30 days, she went even higher. Most people don't get raises like that, right. but like I'm untraditional like yeah. in the, in the work field where I'm like, "Hey, if you're you know performing, what? that's what it's all about. I all, need you around." And I told her like, "Hey, I'm just results based. If you need to go home or want to go work out at your hot yoga works across town at 2 p.m. and you still want to take a lunch and we have all of our stuff done, like go for it. Like I want the environment in my business like that to right. be able to go do that." Right. Uh, Dana White actually has that exact same theory mm. um, for the UFC. Um, exact same thing. He does not put his uh, employees on an eight-hour work schedule. Yeah. He, he, I listened to him on Joe Rogan once, and he was talking about how he just believes that's absolute bullshit. Some jobs, you know, like me and, and Angelica can't get away with yeah. just showing up and leaving when we want, but jobs like that is you show up and get the work done, mm-hmm. right? We have a job to do. If you can knock all this eight hours worth of work done in two cool yeah if you need to take a longer lunch break or if your mom's in town and you want to go spend the day with her i don't care what you're doing as long as at the end of the day the production's done that's the way it is and that's why you like that mindset when i was listening the dude's a billionaire who's running he took a shit company and everybody knows what the ufc is to, yeah. today with that exact same mindset yeah i'll tell you right now dude the 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 
COVID-19 really catapulted probably every industry into what it would be like in like 2025, 2026. And the reason why that's I'm interesting saying, you say that. And the reason why I say that is because when I was up literally writing a pan, like I was writing a pandemic manual, like an operations manual of how we were going to operate our business all remote. Yeah. Um, and I went full 100% remote. Um, I sold two homes in that week during COVID mm. uh, with not even stepping foot in the home or the buyers. They, uh, one buyer was from Colorado. Uh, the other one, I take that back. The other one I did step foot. I uh, I did FaceTime in it. Um, and so I was, still sell- I was still figuring out ways. Now, when people were like, is this normal? I'd be like, I mean, no, it's not normal, but this, this, this is, is going to be normal. normal. This is the norm now. And they're like, okay, you know, we just never purchased a home without seeing it in Nobody person. Has. Nobody has. So, See, I, I was talking about this. And they're, all the, both, they're both happy, by the way. <laughs> with, the, with a lot of restaurants that closed down this past year, which is heartbreaking to see, okay? I noticed something that I believe a true success story. A lot of people base it on money, right? Mm-hmm. A true success story on running a business would be for somebody who was able to take whatever the hell was thrown out of them and make the best of it. And you have to learn to adapt. And when you see that, so like with you, you're selling a house to someone in Colorado who never saw the house other than you showing them a FaceTime video. But that's the way it was. Instead of you saying, you know what, you know, try again in a couple of months, maybe the world will be a different place. You jumped on it. You know, the funky door was a perfect example of kind of what I'm getting at is they didn't shut their restaurant down. They put bands in the parking Mm -hmm. lot and kind of spaced everybody out. And you were still getting the cocktails and the amazing food and listening to live music. You're just outside in your own car. Whenever the restaurant literally right next to them shut down at the exact same time, which was a chain restaurant. Um, The reason I bring that up is the fact that you have the mindset to see a hurdle and you want to jump over it instead of walking around that hurdle Mm -hmm. says a lot about who you are as a person. It's pretty cool to see your drive and determination. Every time I ask you about real estate stuff when we're chatting, it just blows my mind that like, I mean, you doubled your progress in in 12 months. I don't think that that's heard of. No, by, by yourself, by the way, and I, nothing gets shy. And yeah, uh, what's Andrea. her name, Andrea? But I'm talking about you're not slinging houses with ten other groups like yeah. some people are here in town. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, when the number, when I was looking at the numbers, uh, I, when I look at the numbers, I was just like, man, is this really happening? Like, I, is this really me? <laughs> I'm, you know, I've jumped like on this wave, and I'm gonna ride um, it all the way. Yeah, and you know the the cool thing was is I kept everything. I kept everything as is where, I mean, I scaled up the business like in uh, leads and stuff like that to try and get more business and stuff. But um, really, man, it's just been because I feel like everything that I've been doing in the last four or five years has been coming to fruitation with like referrals and, and uh, lead generating. Because, I mean, dude, I'll tell you right now, a lot of people, a lot of friends, will look at this and I'll tell them like, you know, how much I've sold and, and, and they're like, man, I want to do that too. And I'm like, bro, I don't even recommend this to you, you know? (laughs) And they're like, well, why not? And I'm like, dude, it's, it's nasty. It's a nasty. So like, I'll kind of tell you the back end of it. I'll kind of tell you like my schedule and, and then people are like, oh, okay, well that, no, I don't want to do that. The number one, the number one thing, the reason why people want to get into real estate, why they tell me when I'm coaching new agents, um, is, well, 
I want to be my own boss. Yeah. I want to make my own hours. Yeah. I want to work when I want to work. I'm like, mofo, if you got 12 listings, you got 12 bosses. That's okay? so f- and Never I'm would like, have fucking thought of that, but that's I'm you're working for me yes. whenever we're signing that. Yep. Because there's there's uh, 1,200 other agents I can call right now. Yeah. Now now don't get me wrong. Uh, I track everything. I'm a huge numbers person. Sure. Um, I fired 12 people last year. Mm-hmm. Like where I had them as a client, and I was like, hey, you know what? I don't work. I don't work with assholes. So we're gonna go another way. And they're Good like, you. what? You know, this is. This is a nine thousand dollar, you know, and I'm just like, hey, like, it's not peace about the out, money. man. In because the moment you make this about the money, you're you're screwed from then on out. And I don't, and I don't get why people think that, like, when when uh, they deal with like my staff, they they can turn totally different and be right. rude and right. stuff like that. And so, but anyways, man, like, um, I, I work, I work off of basically like hey does this connection work like is this a good fit as well like right. i could see them you know blah right. blah blah and uh and so anyways like man my schedule is what i would do is i would get to the office about nine o'clock my admin would get there about 30 minutes before and she would make me this list um she would she would go ahead and uh, just have it printed off and it's all my daily calls in the morning and so from nine, so at eight thirty to nine o'clock, I'm basically script practicing, mm. just refreshing on my sure. for sale by owner scripts. Yep. And it's a simple like, hey, you know, I saw you're you're trying to do for sale by owner. How long have you do, been doing it? And I'm just feeling them out. Um, and if they if they're interested in using a real estate agent, then I'm like, hey, let me let me be the first person yeah. in your door. You know, blah blah blah. And because sometimes some. For sale by owners can sell it themselves where I'll call them and be like, hey, your numbers are pretty good. I I can't help you. Yeah, if you, you need know? anything, here's my number. Um, and then luck. sometimes, dude, those people still call and they're like, I can't show this home while I'm working. Right. You know, and I'm like, well, you know, here we go. Let's work something out. Yep. Um, and so I'm I'm making my calls from 9 to uh, 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Uh, I have to hit 26 contacts. That's my conversion number to be able to hit the goals that I want. Okay. So I don't just throw anything on the wall and say, hey, here's the numbers I want to do. I work the numbers out. So like this year is I want to do 82 transactions. That was going to be my next question. Uh, yeah. 82 from 62? Yeah, I want okay. I to I I get 20 more units. I and, think that's uh, legit, and, legit goal. And, and so then what happens is I work it down. I say, okay, well, how many contacts do I have to make a month? And then I look at that and I say, okay, so I have to hit 1,200 contacts a month. I'm throwing a number out there, but my daily uh, numbers is 26. I have to hit 26 conversations. So I bring it from a monthly to a weekly to a daily. daily. And then that's when I tell agents or even anyone in other industries who have goals. Like if you work the math backwards and then have a daily goal, if you hit your daily goal, you're going to hit your weekly. If you hit your weekly, you're going to hit your monthly, and then you're going to hit your yearly. Right. And so so then it's like it's an easier perspective well, 80, to look. 82 is not near as scary whenever you look at what I need to do from now until 5 o'clock when it's time to go home. Yeah, exactly. You're never going to hit 82 if all you concentrate is 82. Yeah, exactly. And so, so then I say, okay, well, how do I get those? Well, it's 26, 28 contacts a day. How do I hit those 26 to 28 contacts a day? Um, and and when I mean by those 26 contacts, it's not like friends or family because I don't blow you guys up and say, right, hey, man, exactly. who do you know looking to buy or sell or invest in real estate? <laughs> right, right. Oh, you don't know? I'm going to call you back in yeah. two days. Yeah. Um, Go talk to everybody you know. Yep. And those are like uh, – those are cold calls essentially. So I'm making cold calls to where I – when I first got in the business, all I did was get a phone book. I only knew – 
22 people here in Lubbock, Texas when I moved here. Right. So I was dialing out of Yellow Pages. I was door knocking. Um, and so I was doing open houses. And so that is my daily routine in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm getting – I get yelled at. I get called F-U. Like, I mean, there – it, anything underneath the sun that you have sure. said to a, to, a salesman, to yeah, a, salesman a, telemarketer. a telemarketer on the phone, I get that. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. Like just yesterday, I was with my mom, and she just started like ripping this guy on the phone and like hung up on. It. I was like, man, that's me on the other side. And she was like, no, it's not. I was like, yeah, it is. Pretty much is not, though. Nine to twelve, yeah. it sure is. And so, so, I was gonna ask, are you are you above going and knocking on doors? No, I still I still knock on doors. I for I, the humility. No, I so today one of my friends was like, "Hey, you should buy my my neighbor's house. He's about to list it." And I'm like, well, "How much is it for?" I was mm. like, "I got two. I got two buyers under five hundred grand that need a house right now." Right. And uh, he's like, "I don't I don't know his info or anything." Yeah. So I looked his house up. He owns a concrete company here in town. I called the number. He didn't answer. I went over there and I put a note on his door, and he called me. Really? You know? And so and so like I'm like, yeah, man, like I'm I'm. I'm going to hustle still. Like, Let's see. That's, that's the way it is. You remind me a lot like your theory of the way you're doing this of a guy that I have heard on a podcast by the name of Kevion Sturdivant. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with who Kevion Sturdivant no. is? He's a, he's a real estate agent who owns a place called Case Real Estate in California. He he has a team through Keller Williams as well, but I just listened to his gotcha. podcast. It's pre- pretty impressive. But he... Uh, listening to him and the way he attacked real estate he doesn't really like he's the same idea of i'm not trying to sell a house i'm trying to sell a lifestyle Mm -hmm. i'm not above knocking on someone's door just because i've sold x amount of houses and the dude like i think like sold like 20 million dollars worth of house you know he's stupid stupid rich he still knocks on he i what what i heard was 200 houses a month yeah because he's not above it yeah man he didn't need to do that i mean so that's so you know kind of dive deep on how real estate agents works there's always avenues of of lead generating and and my my lever that worked the best was um uh cold calling was online leads people sign up for my website Mm -hmm. talk to them got their info blah 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 so like you know i have i have other people on my team they're called isas inside sales associates and they're hammering phones for me now, so I'm able to leverage myself out to where if it's not just Andy Mazzolini from nine to twelve, yeah, there's there's five of us, mm-hmm. and I do from nine to twelve, and they do from nine to five Monday through Friday, right? And uh, to just help me set more appointments and stuff like that. And so the the more money I'm able to make, the more money I invest into the business. That's what um, it should be too. And, and so, and then the people, you know, and that that's the coolest thing is like I want. I want to have a small group to be able to have them be able to hit their goals to be able because I always say like live a life by design. Right. So we design we design that life for them, and then we say, okay, here's how we're going to tackle this. Here's where we are, and this is what we need to do to stay there. Yeah, and uh, until I fulfill that for both team members, I feel like the expansion shouldn't happen unless if there is a a certain need for that person to be able to be leveraged too. I like that. So I don't grow it too big. Um, and have them just there for like you know a year or two years because man it, it I've learned it's so expensive when people leave and then I have to retrain. Retraining is probably though I, I don't run a business but I work in a place where there's lots of turnover. Yeah, 
and nothing's more irritating than when someone works for you and you spend all this time and yeah. investment and your just your knowledge that you share and then they're like, All right, cool, peace, I'm gonna go try it on my own. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, and that's that's really like what I do nine eleven and then after that I take my lunch and then it's all appointments. If I don't have appointments, then I'm actually lead generating. Yeah, yeah. it's so, funny. I remember one time not too long ago, I told you that I want to come follow you when you're showing a couple or whoever it is some houses because mm-hmm. like to me that's what real estate is. And yeah. you laughed out loud and said, "Sure, man, I'd love to do that with you, but if you really want to know if this is something you're interested in, you're not coming with me on a day we're going house to house and having fun and chatting with people. Yeah, you're coming with me to the office. Yeah, and that's what a real estate agent is. Yeah, because it, without I can't show homes without lead generating. Absolutely, you know I can't I can't wait for a friend to send me a referral. Like, um, when someone does, I'm like, man, like I am so grateful. It's like the best thing ever. Oh, it, because I'm not, I'm not used to it. I'm not hardwired that way of someone bringing me business. Right. And so you're hustling. So I don't, I don't like, I don't, I have no expectations on friends bringing referrals. Now, do I love it? Yeah. Like if it happens, bring it it on. Yeah. I I think about it all the time. Well, you're super grateful. I've sent people over to you and it's just like, it's legit gratefulness that I'm getting from you. And so, so it's, it's. It's a cool, cool experience. Win win for everyone and stuff like that. But, but yeah, man, that you know that that's my schedule. Um, and I, and I've had people say they'll come shadow me and then they'll watch all that and they're like, No, I'm good. Man, this is too fast paced for me. Like I need to be that's home pretty, by five or pretty six. Pretty cool though, like, because at least people aren't wasting their time with the money and the school and they're, they're at least they may not have learned anything from me, but they learned that hey, this is something you're still providing even if it's not. You're kind of providing in the opposite way, but you're still providing with that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, and some people think that the brokerage pays me even if I don't have a transaction. I'm like, no, it's when, – when I say it's 100%. It's commission. Commission? Right. You're not is, on a sell. Yeah, I, I, th- I know that's a lot with a lot of sales type stuff, but you know, you think about cars. I think cars are the same way. Is yeah. You better push those cars because I'm not paying you without yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you talk about this heavy, hectic life- lifestyle – I just want to dabble on this real quick before we wrap up. Uh, do you do any sort of like, I know you talked about like coaching, but life coaching, like to where you have life coaches or do you meditate? Do you do any manifestations or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so really when I, I noticed I was just super stressed out, anxiety, all that stuff, just because I wasn't hitting these crazy goals I was yep. setting. Um, and I don't I so I don't have any kids so I have a I have way more free time I would say than than the average person mm-hmm. and 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 health gives me tons of like flexibility you know to work on stuff because I'll be working two three four in the morning sure in in my office and then uh, and so anyways uh, I do have a real estate coach which then got I got connected with his health coach um and and so what that looks like is i coach with him once a week for about two hours and we Mm -hmm. go over goals really accountability like eight like 80 percent of success of people's success is being accountable to show up you know and the other is 20 percent of follow-up in the in the sales world Mm. follow-up is is what got me to where i'm where i'm at and where you're going and and so it's crazy the amount of people who don't understand that but anyways um so i coach with him once about once a week two hours Mm -hmm. and and then with the health coach we just kind of go over like uh being prepared 
uh, that was a huge thing. I didn't realize like preparing on a Sunday for my uh, weekly uh, work was going to just give me so much more like clarity on what I'm supposed to be doing throughout the week. Yeah, dude, it sounds silly because like this is just a, like a podcast I'm doing for fun and I'm only on episode four. Yeah. But I, when I asked you if you would do this a couple of weeks ago, um, I immediately started making notes. And like I was thinking about that when you told me you were on your way over and stuff. That way we don't sit down and I'm just staring at a wall. Like right. Preparedness is, is it's no different than if you're in school and you're needing to study for a test. Yeah, exactly. The more you study, the, the better you're going to do. The more prepared you are for your day or for your Monday when you're practicing on Sunday. Yeah. The better yeah. success you're going to have. Yeah. And uh, I got diagnosed actually uh, at the end of 2019 with like a weird like uh disease that like only they didn't think i had it because 99 like 0.9 people who get it in the in the united states are female Hmm. and it's like it's called interstitial cystitis it's this bladder disease Mm -hmm. and um and so they just didn't think that i had that well i was so fortunate during that time is when i was hiring a health coach right and she she really got me exercising um and cheyenne also she was like hey like you need to go to this gym you need to drink more water like no more cokes during the day and right. so like my sheet actually like when i have my lead generating sheet yeah. and my notes and my appointments deal we have water. a little water thing there and i have to fill it up so i have to drink five 12 ounce glasses before i'm done you know and she and she that's genius we, too we track everything too. it's just part of part of your daily routine mm-hmm. it's not just work it's health yep and you take uh, care of yourself and so i do that and then um since really when i had uh covid I didn't go to the gym, obviously, and then I just haven't been back, so I need to get back on that. But <laughs> the, um, but really, the health coach was just like, hey, exercise, uh, eat better, and no more caffeine. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, we do some, like, affirmations. Like, I have affirmations in the morning, and and then really, that's it, man. With um, yourself or with your group or with, your wife or what? With myself. Yeah. So, yeah. You write them down? I write them down, but I do more of like, hey, what am I? So every morning I have to say like what I'm thankful for. Absolutely. And um, and it can be like, I mean, you know, there was the other day I was like hearing. That's stupid, but I can't think of anything but hearing. And then all of a sudden one of my friends, his dad just like went deaf. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I, I'd be That's freaking crazy. out. But – I was just like, man, like, you know, we take so many of these People things think for that granted. you got to be grateful because you got this $300,000 house and you're driving that new Maserati or whatever yeah. it is, but you can be grateful for the fact that you can hear yeah. people speak to you. So, it sounds silly. So I just do affirmations like that. That's awesome, um, dude. And, and then uh, really it gets, it gets you in the, it gets you in the good uh, attitude I, and, and I wanted to get into that. So about a year ago, I, I had listened to some podcasts that kind of talked about meditating and daily affirmations and I made a list of things that I should say to myself every morning in the mirror. Um, I did it for a couple days and it's just like any habit, like you eating better, you talk about going to the gym. It's the same way with your daily affirmations, right? And then I kind of slumped down out of them. I need to get back into that. And then have you ever done any meditating? Man, I've tried meditating, but with my person, I'm like, it's tough. Yeah. And, and I did like a, a two-week course of trying to like get into the um, Zen moment yeah, type yeah, deal, yeah. and I just couldn't with like because I would I've, just start thinking of things, and then yeah, all of a sudden I'd tough. be on left field. It's hard and I would to hear like the training like ding, yeah, and I'm like, oh crap, 
I was just, learning. I was just thinking about <laughs> having to go to United and yeah. getting all this spices and all this other stuff. I've done it before. Like, there's some really cool things on YouTube. Like, for instance, in nursing school, I, I needed to make a good grade, and I was concentrating on this test and for about two weeks, and it, it started to have a panic attack, and I've never had anxiety. Yeah. And so I put some headphones in and set in my closet because it's tiny, pitch black, and I put my headphones in. It's like a 10-minute meditation i've never felt more relaxed in my life and i keep telling myself i need to do that yeah every day before work because i'm the grumpiest human being i'll ever meet in the morning like it's yeah. a running joke around work <laughs> to my patients no they'll never know but to my co-workers that's a running joke don't talk to landry until 9 a.m and like i'm not on my like i'm kind of a jerk yeah <laughs> but i can admit it and, and i open up and I'm, but i need to get into the daily meditations yeah you 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 kind of struck me as someone who would get in benefiting from life coaching and affirmations. I figure you probably did some of that. Yeah. Yeah. We, I do that. Um, you know, I talk to a couple of life coaches, but to my deal is I, I want the next level group, like the, the business to grow a little bit. I mean, more and more and more. Um, and they always ask me like, well, what do you see it at? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what I, what I see this at. I see this, you know, one of my goals is doing a hundred transactions and then I'll look at maybe adding agents and then kind of st stepping out of the sales role and running it. Sure. Um, but you know, I love, I love doing what You'll I'm never, doing. I'm going to tell you, you know? right now, if you think you're stepping out of the sales yeah. role, you're absolutely great. You may take it back a few steps because you have other things to do on your plate as far as running a business. You're never going to stop selling houses yeah. because you have a passion for it. Yeah. When you listed our house not too long ago and we sold that, I could tell that you weren't doing that to make money. Um, you were doing it because it's a passion. And yeah. obviously you didn't mind helping out a friend, which but that's yeah. not what it was about. It was like every time I called you, you answered. You had an answer for everything immediately. That's when you know someone has a passion about that. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's fun doing that stuff. Um, you know, we're I'm dabbling, getting into some development right now. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of one of my long-term goals is to – to develop residential that's awesome um and then you know i got some investments uh, investment properties and stuff like that but um really man like the the coolest thing is with the real estate is meeting all the people um that i've met and well, you're uh, seeing people from them. all walks of life and i'm just you don't even have to stress on this i'm just gonna say but something you told me that really stuck out to me as who you are as an agent one day is you said that uh there's so many agents around here that get so caught up in the money mm -hmm. to where they won't take houses less than $300,000. Yeah. Which to me, like, I don't want to deal with a person like that in my life. Like, I don't even want to be friends with you, right. but I sure as hell don't want to do business with you. Yeah. But you told me, you were like, dude, if you got a $1.5 million home, bring that shit to next level. Like, we're going to sling that and we're all going to celebrate with some yeah. good scotch at the end of that. Yeah. But if you got an $85,000 house on the other side of town that I may make a little bit off of, bring me that home because we're going to do it. Yeah. And I think that's what sets you apart to where your numbers are the way you are and you stay so humble with it. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't ever get out of that. Yeah. That was one of the things that attracted me to you to where I'll know I'll always use you is because of that comment right there. I'm not worried about how big or small the house is, how much money I'm going to make. I'm worried about either selling your house to make you get to the next stage in your life or buying your house, by helping you buy the house to get you and your family where you want to be. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. The fact that you get a paycheck for that seems to me like it's just a bonus and you get to help provide things for your wife. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's why I look at it as unit goals a mm -hmm. lot. Some people are like, well, how much, how, how much sale like in yeah. volume do you want to do? And I'm like, man, you know, my average sales price is 266, but here's, 
I want to do 80, 82 units, yeah. you know, 86 units. This is this That is, may be and, 266 and, and up, but that may be 12 houses that cost 70,000. Yeah, so, so there's land, you know, like I deal, I land, deal with yeah. land and stuff like that. And so there's sometimes I'll sell lots for $12,000, you know what I mean? And the the commission on that, it's like doesn't even cover the taxes, you know? Right. So it's just, um, I look at it as a unit play instead of hey the, I think you know, this you is the sales it. price yep um so that's that's how i run it i respect that tell me like i didn't want to talk about real estate the market but before we wrap up like okay you got listeners that are interested now obviously is should we be selling right now should we be buying right now all i ever hear is interest rates interest rate, interest rate. i mean just real quick what do i need to do right now i mean this just seems like an un, uncharted uncharted territory yeah so so, I mean, what do I need to do? So, I just had lunch today with an investor. Uh, he's got, he purchased uh, like 14, I want to say, units from me last year. And really great guy. He's hilarious. And But anyways, he asked me like, hey, should I should I sell because what the market's doing right now? And... And I asked him, "Do you need? Do you need to sell?" He said, "No." I'm like, "Then don't sell." Yeah, why would you? Um, and so here's what's going on with the market right now: is so from a national level, it's it's really bad um, because there's no inventory. And when I mean no inventory, that means there's no listings. And when there's no listings, that means that the buyers are out there and they keep multiplying. So like right now here in Lubbock, Texas, for every listing that gets listed, we have four times the amount of buyers in that price range. No joke. And and they say, well, why is that? Well, it's because the interest rates are at all time low, and it's not it's not a gimmick right now that when people say, hey, interest rates are all time low right now, um, you should purchase because if you're if you're thinking of purchasing in the next year to two years, do it. Then you need to do it now, and the reason why is because uh, what these buyers are doing is, let's say the interest rate right now is two point one, okay, two point one two five. There's a bank here in town that is offering that, and you go and you say, well, my house is three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. How much is that? And and I'm just going to throw a number out there, but let's say three hundred thousand at a two point one two five is twenty one hundred dollars a month or it's going to be less than that but let's say it's twenty one hundred dollars a month um they're going to go purchase a three hundred thousand dollar house when they're in a house right now that is a hundred and fifty thousand at a four point one two five when they bought five years ago right and they're paying just as much for because fifteen hundred square foot than three thousand square feet right so it's going to make sense for those people to move up yeah so then what is happening is we're having these buyers actually kind of skip levels in in homes. So instead of someone, a first-time home buyer who bought a $150,000 home, is going to move up to the 220s, 250s, 300s after five years. That's sure, the average. Sounds, sounds about right. Now they're moving up to the 500,000s because the interest rates are so low. They're saying, wait a minute. So a $500,000 house is only going to cost me $2,000 right. when I'm paying 
twelve hundred or fifteen hundred dollars right now right. for one hundred and fifty. Exactly. So the interest rates right now they don't make sense because they're so stupid low. It's insane um, low. We I represented a client just uh, the other day. We got a house at one point three million. Okay, one point three million. Um, how much do you think a mortgage on that is? Just out. Just if I was guessing, I would say about eight thousand a month. Well, it's four grand. No, it's not. And yeah, and so then you're like, wait a minute, four grand, and I'm paying. <laughs> I'll give you one point three million. And I'm and I'm paying twenty two hundred dollars for my house right now. Right. And I'm gonna go get three times more the home. Right. So that is what's going on in the market. And, and those numbers, like those are fixed, like locked mm-hmm. in mortgage. I yeah. Mean, rates, locked right? in. Yeah. And so now, so people are like, so it's great right now. That's one reason why I'm working crazy. Sure. Um, and because in the next five years, what's going to happen? So you're not saying that like there's not less houses now on the market than there was prior to all of this, but there's just more people eager to buy. No, there there is less. So we're oh. actually we're 35 percent below our average from last year. That's interesting. Uh, of inventory, and and uh, and the reason for that is some people. So election years are always crazy. Okay, this makes is sense. this people is my second. Sure this is my second time. Okay, um, and so so people are very reserved right now, wanting to know what's happening. You know, it's it's always polarizing. Every year, it's always about oil and gas and renewable energy, right? Like every every election. Yep. And so West Texas is pretty affected Absolutely. by that, right? Absolutely. Um, and so a lot of people want to know what's going to happen with their oil job or their gas job or their fracking or their trucking. Mm. Yeah, you know, union, truck unions are pretty big around here in Lubbock. And so, so then what happens is people pump the brakes for about two to three months and then we see it level out. But and so I'm hoping that's where we're at because people are like, are we are, are, are we going to crash? Like, what's going on? I'm like, hmm. I don't know. No one knows no the one answer. Knows it. Don't ask no me. No economist question. knows that answer. But what I can tell you is, if you're looking to buy because the interest rates are so low, Do then it. go buy and we'll sell your property. Right. Um, or if you want to hang on, do it. Well, I guess, though, if you think about it, so if like if I'm interested in buying a house, obviously I need to do it now because the interest rates are low. But if you're telling me that there's not as many houses on the market, I'm probably going to sell my house quicker than I could have prior to this, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, you're going to love most it. Likely. You're going to love it being a seller and you're going to hate it being a buyer because you're going to buy top dollar. There. Yeah. But, but that's the caveat to that. You're going to buy a house that's top dollar. But your interest rate is going to be so stupid low. It's right, worth it. Right. Uh, my biggest fear about what's going on right now is in a four to five years. Because here's what's going to happen, right? So we're going to have Landry go and sell his – and I'm just throwing numbers out there. We're going to go and you're going to go sell your $300,000 house and you're going to go buy a $600,000 home. And you're going to pay maybe five dollars $700 more mm-hmm. in the mortgage, right? Sure. And now you're at a $600,000 home. In five years, when you say, hey, Andy, I want to sell my house, it's going to be worth, let's just say $750 or whatever, $700. Sure. But then I'm going to show you an interest rate for an $800 or $900,000 house because you're going to assume you're going to want to level yeah, up. Yeah, I've already, right? yeah, you're I'm going to level up. up. You're not going down, yeah. And, and I'm going to show you an interest rate for a $700,000 house. And it's going to be about two and a half times more than what your mortgage payment is for your current house. You're going to say, I'm staying. Yeah. I'm not moving. 
and I'm going to say, okay, and guess what's going to happen? That That is going to happen to multiple people who are going to want to buy and sell and then yeah. they're going to see the interest rates back to a healthy level. A healthy level of an interest rate is 3 to 4%, believe sure. it or not. No, I do. That, I know that In, for sure. Investors are happy, as in banks, and then borrowers are happy, as in people. And so we're going to have this massive inflow of inventory where people want to sell their house and no one's going to purchase and it. And no one's going to purchase it. And then what's going to happen is, oh, Landry's house is on the market. Their neighbor's house is on the market. The house on the corner is on the market. And everyone starts bringing their home down to try and get it sold. And then it starts bringing the market down. Right. And then all of a sudden we just see all these houses going under and the bubble happens, you know. Damn. But the, the cool thing is, it's like I'm not a pessimist about the market when we looked at the 08 crash when i looked at those numbers national level terrible Mm -hmm. like florida was the worst state actually florida then california then what happened is in lubbock texas we're like a little blip like it 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 went down a little bit and it went back up lubbock is is insulated yeah the reason why lubbock is insulated is because we're a melting pot we Mm -hmm. have military people here that are um in the reserve we have professors that constantly move in and out of here. We have well, college students. Not only that, too, is you got to think about the medical community mm-hmm. we have in Lubbock. And we have it's insane. We have the medical, you know, and so uh, agricultural. Like we yeah. have, we have everything here in the West Texas home builder. I mean, we have literally ev- almost every industry that you can think of That's here in Lubbock. That's a good point. And um, even industrial, like we have O'Reilly's factory that came in, Budweiser, we have all these other plants coming in. And um, and so, you know, we have we have an airport that it's not, I would consider it a major airport. Um, the only reason being is because of the mile radius of, of other little exactly. subdivision yeah. or, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, suburbs and yep. stuff like that that don't have an airport that they Agreed. travel here. Agreed. Everyone from Clovis goes to Lubbock, Oh, yeah, I pick know? up people from there doing, like, Uber and Lyft all the time and, and very seldom is it somebody from Lubbock. Yeah, and so there, Lubbock is very, very good with that. Our cost of living is actually low. Mm-hmm. Um, we're the number one place uh, in Texas to start a small business and so it, wow. it, it's a really it's a it's a really cool city well and, and i'm sure you're gonna see a lot of that in lubbock but it's like you said it's not gonna be something that's gonna stop anybody from being able to buy and purchase yours down the line yeah so if i want to sell i need to sell if i want to refi if nothing else now's the time right yeah definitely like we're gonna build um but we refi just because of the interest rates are so low, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you're gonna if you want to sell within the next two years, like, and purchase, then you do need, it now. Yeah, you, like you, you know should, what's you on your mind. What are we waiting the next on? Six months. Interesting. You know, um, because we don't know what's gonna happen with the interest rates. Yep. Um, and we just we don't know. We don't know what's. We just don't know. That's a good point. Um. So, how can anybody listening get a hold of you? I mean, obviously, any of you listeners out there, if you're just curious, give me a phone call, text me, message me on my Instagram or something. I'll give you Andy's number. But I mean, are you on social media? I mean, how can people get a hold of the Next Level Group? Yeah, we're we're all over social media. I mean, you can. So you're on are you on Instagram or yeah, on... we're we're on all platforms. Um, you can you can Facebook message me. I mean, 
I really just use my, my personal stuff for all the real estate things. So, I mean, you can honestly just Google Naz Lubbock and it'll pop up. <laughs> um, you'll see his name in the title when I post this, obviously. It's, a, but, it's an uh, interesting spelling. But, yeah, so, you know, you can you can Google me. You can get a hold of me on our website. It's LubbockNextLevel.com. Um, or you can go to my Facebook, Andy Mazzolini. Or we have Instagram also, and that's uh, MazLBK. Mm-hmm. So. You can look at all. You can look up that. We're on Google as well. That's one thing too that I wanted. Like if anybody, did, like I didn't have you on to try to get everybody to go buy a house from from Andy. I just think your mindset's interesting. I think it's really cool. Um, but obviously, I'm, I'm telling you, and not as a friend, but someone who's used him on the professional level. And there, there wasn't a friendship there. It was like, hey man, let's get this business deal done. I've never felt more comfortable with cool. the process. Now we sold a house. Yeah. Um, it went super smooth. You gave me all the information I needed on what I need to do before we list it. Um, whenever, hey man, he, they want this done, I would recommend you fix this, or you can use this guy to make. You know, it was a very smooth process. Um, so obviously, I'm going to give you a shout out, and yeah. hopefully, some people. If you get business out of it, cool. If not, that's not what really what this is about. Yeah. But I'm telling everybody, y'all have my word, and obviously, y'all all know me, and you trust me, or you wouldn't be listening and doing this. Is Andy's about as trustworthy as a guy I've ever met. I don't think of you as a salesman. Cool. I think you're someone who has passion for their job. Yeah. Um, find me on mine if y'all want to, or like I said, shoot me a phone call, message, whatever. I'll, I'll get you in touch with Andy. Very easy guy to talk to. Um, you look damn good, dude. You Thanks. said you started eating better. <laughs> First thing I know is how good your hair looks. So you, you look good, man. Thanks. I'm you a little tell, jealous. You need to tell my wife that my hair looks good. Your hair looks on point. You told me I was thinning. I was like, I better not be. <laughs> nah, dude, it looks good. You got that little wave that I respect. If you throw in a hard part right there. You, uh, no, you got the hard part. Yeah, All right, yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. We're good. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, yeah, know, I know you got a busy schedule, but the fact that you would take the time just to do this, really just to help me. And Fun, man. Yeah. If, if this doesn't show what kind of person you are, then nothing will. Because I, I text a few of y'all in the in a group, you, Dave, Dylan, Weston, Zach. Everybody said, hell yeah, I'll do it. You and David were like, dude, let's get this going. Yeah. Still waiting to hear from Weston, Dylan. I don't know what your deal is, buddy. We got, yeah. Dylan got a good one. <laughs> I know y'all will think it's hilarious uh, yeah. because of who Dylan's personality is of mine as well. Um, but thanks again for coming on. Uh, good luck, dude. I, I honestly, like, I'm telling you right now, you're going to get your 82. I'm shooting for 83. I think you get 83. I hope, dude. It, it's it, impressive. It, I was always under the assumption when you said a team that you had other agents. So when I find out the number one, you're doing this. Individual, yeah. Yeah, it's All those are individual impressive. numbers, yeah. It's pretty impressive. I know I've said this for probably three years now, but it's, I'm almost done with school. Like, I'm on the cusp. I'm coming to follow you, and I, oh, I, was, I was telling Cassandra the other night, like, hey, as soon as, as soon as I take my test and I'm an RN, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing as well. Yeah. I want to do it, but I really want to see what you do all day. I think yeah. it's interesting. Um, thank you all for listening. This has been cool. Uh, be sure to find me on my social media. That's at having said that Landry on Instagram. I'm on Twitter now. Thanks to Reagan. That's at HST Landry. HST Landry Twitter. Having said that Landry on Instagram. Um, find me Apple, Spotify, anywhere you can do a podcast. I appreciate it if y'all would subscribe to it, like it, follow it, share it. Um, I'm trying to pick up more listeners each week, not for my own self gain, but I just think that the more weeks go on, the more fun conversations we're going to have. Um, appreciate all y'all listening. Um, one thing before we leave, uh, I want to do the same thing I do every single week. Andy, this goes for you too. And the day's kind of getting closer to being over. So you got to not have as much time is I challenge everybody today to go do something kind for somebody else. Um, we live in a pretty fucked up world right now. 
Um, we live in a very selfish world and like you mentioned, the elections going on. There's a lot of animosity out there, a lot of hatred towards other people. Open the door for somebody when you go into United later. Um, you go to Taco Bueno on your way home. Pay for the person behind you. Uh, those small little bitty gestures make a huge difference in the world, and I think we can agree that we all need that. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you all again next week. See you.